You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 28 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia, who I believe is back from Bali. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good. What did you get up to in Bali? Oh, Bali was so good. It's, it's um, freezing in Melbourne at the moment and I know there's people who live in, in, the, in parts of the world where they'll say that, you know, our weather is not that cold, but for us, it's freezing. And just to go and spend seven days in Bali where I didn't have to worry about wearing 15 layers mm. just to go outside, it was so, so nice. I love it over there. I had so much fun. Did you do a lot of shooting? I did a lot of shooting. I um, nearly got uh, kicked in the face by a soccer ball because oh. I, I'm, I'm um, a bit obsessed with uh, backlit shots at the moment i'm having i've like noticed a, my, that <laughs> yeah, have you noticed that have. it's my backlit, backlit surf, surfers backlit yeah. this backlit that yes mm-hmm. so, so there's this um uh beach soccer game going on at sunset in Seminyak in bali and i'm so into the like getting the sun sort of i wanted the sun to be just behind the goal so it would just <laughs> like you get a nice little starburst and the, mm. and, the, and the light's beautiful and i'm 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 all I'm seeing is silhouettes of players, so I'm kind of half blinded because it's not not great for your eyes. I'm sure doing this sort yeah. of movie. I'm so so into it, and then so I've got my I'm looking through the camera, and then there's this moment where there's just this very calm voice in my head that just says "move" like that, right? <laughs> and so I didn't I didn't skip a beat. I just moved slightly to move my head slightly to the side. The soccer ball goes. Flying past, I felt it like oh. whisper in my face, and so by like a split second, I would have been smacked in the face. And I just oh. looked up, and all the guys playing soccer just had this horrified look on oh. their face, and they're all like, "Sorry, sorry, sorry, sorry." And I'm like, oh, "It's not your fault." And it's like, "So, Miss, I have I have someone watching over me. Clearly, yeah. just, it's just that calm little voice that said, "Move." I moved, and I just. <laughs> Missed out. So. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I have not been playing so soccer you, or, or taking. What have you been doing? Um, oh, I've just had one of those funny weeks where, uh, you know, you can ask me what I've been doing and I can't even tell you. Right. It's you know how you have sometimes those weeks where that happens. I know I've been busy, but so um, lots and lots and lots and lots happening, and then you, your brain just goes to mush. You can't think of any. Like when you ask me, like, oh, who have you been shooting lately? And I, <laughs> I can't tell you. And then and then I remember, like, 
a yes, week later. Exactly. <laughs> but um, one thing that people are pr- probably going to give me some strange stares because, you know, when I don't carry my um, Canon around, I just take phone uh, photos with my iPhone, you know, because uh-huh. that's just what's on me. But yeah. um, I got this iPhone cover and it's actually a Minion, you know, from the Minions. I saw it on social media, Val. Why? So, I saw, why? So, I, why? Because it's why? so cute. And so every time I'm taking a photo now, it's like I'm just holding this minion and squashing his legs. So um, I probably look a little bit weird, you know, while I'm taking my shots. But that leads us to our first interesting link which you've come up with, which is actually uh-huh. the iPhone Photography Awards. Is that right? Oh, this is uh, yes, and I'm so inspired by these shots. I think there's about 15 of them that I've now started following on Instagram. This, like, the quality of these photos is amazing. So you've got like all these uh, different sections of all the winners. So you've got abstract animals, architecture, children, still life, sunset. Have you had a look at the shots, Val? Yeah, some of them are amazing. Incredible. Um, so it's Mikhail Korolowski won first prize with a, a man playing accordion, which is amazing. Some of the sunset shots are amazing. Which are your favourites, Val? Oh, they're just they're all they're all amazing. I just think they're you know um, uh, they make me jealous basically, but we'll put the link in the show notes to the iPhone Photography Awards. Um, There are people from all over the world, from Poland, from the UK, from the US, um, from India, and they are all different types. And if you are looking for inspiration uh, on your Instagram feed, not all of, interestingly, not all of them have their Instagram listed. Yeah. But, but everyone um, that does, I've followed, I think, and so now I've got relaxed quality coming through my feed other than you know people's what people are eating <laughs> i particularly love the one on animals well the one that yep. mainly shoots uh animals and they're yep. gorgeous uh but yeah really inspiring especially considering it's just simply on your iphone exactly but we have uh, another interesting link that you've come up with us about uh-huh. tyra banks uh huh. So uh, yes. So I've decided that uh, Tyra Banks is 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 becoming the next mm-hmm. Oprah. Okay. That's... I know, it's a big call, mm-hmm. and you know, I have to admit I haven't always liked her. Mm-hmm. I, I just like found she she annoyed me early on when she was a lot younger, but I'm liking her more and more now. And and as a photographer, I have to admit I've learned a lot from Tyra. Wow. So when she was doing Top Model. You listen to her um, advice about posing and her posing tips and um, how she shoots and works and directs people. She's actually amazing. And so I've learned all about the smiling and smizing and how to pose. So, so it's, it's actually worth getting uh, holds of episode, hold of episodes of uh, is it America's Next Top yeah. Model. Is that the one? that? Yeah. And just watching them, binge watch for the tips that she gives on photography. But also, it's not only that. The thing that um, she got me for this, she posted a, uh, a selfie of herself mm-hmm. completely without makeup. Oh, okay? yes. And she's, comp- she's unrecognizable. Like, if you know her, you know it's her. Mm. She's pulling a kind of a, a strange face mm-hmm. and she's showing herself in her glory, you know, like uneven skin tone, like, like – everybody has this is mm. what most people with all the dark circles and just to prove that it's like you know hey i'm real and mm. and this is what i look like and and 
I think it's really important that uh, everyone sees that this is what, you know, most people look like mm. in real life. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I think it's a really – because there's a whole generation of, of particularly young girls who have grown up thinking that, that there is a type of woman that is absolutely perfect and <laughs> they will never look like that. Yes. And and, and they believe that, that that's what they look like all the time and it's just not the case. So all the retouching and you see people with, uh, the, you know, they slim down their thighs and their waist and, and no blemishes and uh, people get hung up on that and think that, well, that's that's what perfection is and I'll never be that and, you know, that, that they give themselves a hard time for being that. So I think good on her. I suppose so, but I look at this photo of Tyra Banks without makeup and she is slim and she does look nice and her eyes are really white and she doesn't have any blemishes. So it's kind of like she still looks fantastic in my opinion. Um, So, yeah, I'm in two minds about whether it's that big a deal to celebrate that somebody posts a supermodel. Yeah, a supermodel posts a photo of themselves with no makeup. But moving right along. (laughs) I love her, Val. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. I don't dislike her. Um, But let's move on to a photo critique. We've we've received one from Rainy Tan. So thank you, Rainy, for sending uh, your your shots in. Uh, If anyone would like uh, us to critique their photos, please do send it to us, news at ginamilitia.com, and we'll have a look. But what have you got to say to Rainy? Because these shots, uh, which Rainy has provided on uh, Flickr, um, yeah. on his Flickr, are of are they, they're portraits, yes. and um, I, yeah, they they're, they're shot kind of. They look like they're in a hotel room, or they look on a, they a hotel shot. room. Hmm. The, the first thing that strikes me about uh, the way that uh, Rainy shoots is it's uh, it's got a real editorial look, and this is something that you know. I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if I saw something in this in, in, in any fashion magazine, Val. It's, that, it's, it, it's got a very editorial look, don't you think? Yeah, the poses are very, very editorial. Well, they're editorial slash lifestyle. Uh, yep. So they are more lifestyle shots as opposed to fashion editorial, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got a really good look. And so it's kind of like I, I would see this style of photography in, in any magazine, really. And I really like what he's done. And I, I, I think the, the, the models are beautiful. They look really relaxed. I think uh, it looks like he's shooting on a um, maybe a 50 mil. It's quite a wide lens. Uh, and it's in a hotel room. So he says in his uh, in his question that um, he, he finds that he's been uh, repetitive in his style, um, and so he's, he's asking for any advice uh, on that. So I, I think, um, like, I, I, I can't fault the show. I, I love what he's done. I'd probably maybe look at um, another, a different location where, like, he's not as confined in the space because mm. it's, like, such a small room, it's really hard to throw the background out of focus and give it any mm. depth. So it's like when I, when I shoot portraits, I love to have, like, a lot of depth behind my models so that I can throw that background out of focus. And, and so he's really limited in that. Uh, and, and, and almost looks like he's shooting at night too, Val. What do you think? Because like some, some of the backgrounds are quite dark. Yeah, it does seem a little bit dark. I think, you know, he's pulled the blinds down, obviously, for yeah. some reason. Um, and I just think that it depends on what your goal is, Rainy, because if, if, it's, if your goal is simple portraits of your friends, you've done a fantastic job. If your goal is to do lifestyle, 
lifestyle shots for magazine style lifestyle shots, then my comment to that is you've 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 done a great job because and what yeah. I'm referring to about lifestyle shots is these are the shots that they're not of um, fashion models and they're not of you know celebrities or anything like that necessarily. They're those they're like um, standard almost like stock shots that go with magazine articles. So you mm. might have an article, you know, about um, um, how to be happy and there's a shot of a girl, you know, a model. Or then you might have mm. a, 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 a an article on how to lose weight at lunchtime and there's a shot um, that, that goes with that. So that's what I mean by lifestyle shots. Then I think you have um, achieved that. And uh, But as Gina said, maybe try some different types of locations. But if you were going for a fashion model kind of look, then... Then you need a more of an edge. They yeah. they are a little bit too lifestyley for that fashion model look. So pour mm. over fashion magazines and look at the poses there, and look at they're, they're actually those poses in um, fashion spreads. They're actually not girl next door. They're not natural. <laughs> they they're full of angles. They're full of really yep. showing off the clothes. So it depends on what your your goal is, Rani. Mm. 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 And and the other thing I would suggest is uh, next time you do a shoot. Uh, hire a lens, hire a longer lens and have a play around with that. Now, you, you're going to be um, limited in that if you've got a long lens, like a small room like this is pro- possibly not going to work because you're going to be too confined. So maybe have a, have, a, have a go at shooting outside and really working with some great locations mm. or just uh, sticking to – there's one shot where you've got uh, – you can't see the eyes of the model and the hat is covering her face. I, I really like that shot I'd like to see you uh, sort of explore that a little bit more and uh, play around with those and and try and and basically work with different backgrounds different lenses but like you've done a great job you're on the right track you just need to keep shooting and uh keep practicing basically now we'd love you to check out rainy's shots and we'll put yeah. the link in the show notes to his uh flicker page so you can have a look um but one of the things gina just touched on was you know working with a bigger space so that you can shoot a bit longer and one of the things that you can achieve with that is all to do with today's podcast topic which i'm really really excited about because it is something that it's a look that i love it's a look that i go for a lot and I don't always master it. So I'm really excited that Gina is going to break it down. Now, it's got an interesting name and this is actually the technical name (laughs) and that's Bokeh. So that's B-O-K-E-H for anyone who isn't familiar with the term, bokeh. And that is, that refers to, Gina, the blurry backgrounds, doesn't it? Yes, Val, today's show is all about bokeh. We're going to talk about what it is, what are the five factors that influence the quality of the bokeh, what lenses create the best bokeh and why, and what backgrounds create the best bokeh and why. And also, I'm going to show you how to create great bokeh using just a kit lens Mm. or – and I've even done it using a mobile phone lens. Okay, and finally... I've never done it on a mobile phone. <laughs> really? No, I'll show you how sweet. to do it. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, finally, have a bit of fun. I want to show you how to MacGyver some little bokeh templates to make awesome little bokeh shapes in your photos. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So bokeh, let, where do we start? Let's start with, well, what is it and why do we want to achieve this look, the blur- blurry background the look? blurry background. So, so before we start, this funny word that we keep talking about, yeah. do, you, do you want to know where it originated? 
Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. So, so basically, I, I thought you know, being a, a word word head that you are, Val, with yeah. your own podcast about what, what's your podcast? The other podcast. So you want to be a writer? Yeah, right? funny that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, out there, everyone on iTunes, if you happen to be want to want to be a writer as well, <laughs> great podcast too. Um, so the English spelling Boca, B-O-K-E-H, came from a 1997 um, issue of uh, Photo Techniques magazine when the editor, Mike Johnson, uh, found a word in Japanese that referred to uh, blurry or dizzy, as in B-O-K-E, and mm. he added the H so that people would un- know how to pronounce the word. So right. he actually coined the phrase Boca, or it's Boca, or Boca. Okay. <laughs> so as, uh, or as with my Australian accent, poker, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everyone, if you if you think that you've you're listening to another language at the moment, well, yes, it was Japanese. Uh, but every time you hear poker, then just replace it with blurry backgrounds. Yeah, exactly. So, and 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 Val, it it actually. Like the technical, say, is the way the lens renders out of focus points of light Mm. in the background. And if you go to the show notes, I've actually put up uh, several examples of of what bokeh is. If you're unsure, it's probably a good place to start. Have a look there. But it's basically uh, how the background is 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 out of focus and the quality of the light, not how much it's out of focus, but the quality of the light that you see. So if you can imagine, you know, these are the kind of shots where that you might be taking a portrait and the 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 person is sharp, but the background is blurry so that you get that really beautiful soft kind of look in the background. But you don't just want a massive blur in the background. You need to get the right kind of blurry right background. Similarly, you might see shots of, you know, close-ups of food but in the background there's a blurred out wine bottle or a blurred out you know some glasses or something like that so it's it's it it's just it just gives your photos that extra depth it does and i think it's the one thing that 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 that, that as a, a newbie photographer that's the one thing that everyone wants to know how yes. to do isn't it val and that's yes. the one question i probably there's one question you've asked me the most is but how do i get those blurry backgrounds <laughs> so we're going to show you today and and hopefully by the end of the show you'll be able to do it regardless of the lens that you have even if it's just uh, a camera lens or a phone lens an iphone lens Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an okay. iPhone lens. Right. Yeah. So um, okay, go on. So what? What you mentioned that there are five factors. That seems to be a lot to think about. <laughs> yep. So what are the five factors to get bokeh? Okay. So first of all, you need to uh, have like a, a, a fast lens. So the aperture needs to be able to be uh, open wide up. So remember how we, when we talked about uh, which which episode was the how to shoot manual mode. Do you remember? Don't remember. No, Brain man, come on. <laughs> it's like 17, 18, something like that. So there's the, the episode on how to shoot manual mode, I explained that. Um, episode that 20. De- yeah. So the aperture depth of field, the, the best way to remember which, which way is wide open, which it, it's how many uh, points are in focus in the frame. So if you've got the smaller number, it means the uh, smaller amount of items in the frame are going to be sharp. If you've got the higher number, more items in the frame are going to be sharp. So to create great bokeh, you're going to need 
to be um, as wide open as possible, which means the smaller number and a, a smaller amount of objects sharp so in the, the num- frame. So the number Jean is referring to is like F2.8 or F4, yep. or F6, F, F8 or F16 or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the larger that aperture, the better the bokeh you're going to get in your shot. So that's one thing you want to look for. Okay, so that's larger. That's 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 the larger the hole, but it is actually the smaller the smaller number. number. Just to confuse mm-hmm. everyone, yes. you know, who they need to reinvent all of that, but it's so. too late. So we just <laughs> have to just make sure that we we get get clear on that okay so the next thing you want to consider uh, for good bokeh is the focal lens so you want mm. uh, it works better when you've got a lens that can be zoomed yep. you know quite long so a longer lens is going to give you better bokeh and a wide lens it's going to be really difficult so I think any anything under 50 you're going to struggle to get good bokeh so like a 35 or a 24 uh, too hard because of the way the lens works works it's very hard to have that depth of field that's going to throw your background out of focus okay so that's something you need to consider um, so what do you want you want like a what a 70 to 200 or a, well, a 50 a 50 will do it and it's okay. like it, it can be done on a kit lens which is like a 24 what, what's it 18 to 55 I think a kit lens is it, yep. it can be done but around sort of 50 and up is kind of your ideal okay. uh, length to, to get it and the longer the better all right, so that's the focal length um, as well. And so um, longer prime and zoom lenses give you the best the best looking bokeh, and it also uh, the, the the style of lens will affect uh, the shape. So uh, again, if you're going to have uh, really throw your background out of focus and you've got points of light in your background, what happens is you'll get these like beautiful little circular discs in the really nice shots mm. that look beautiful. And um, some lenses, some of the older lenses are actually uh, uh, like uh, he- hexagonal shapes. Yeah. So you'll get like you'll get like that sort of shape as well, which is really interesting. And that's the, the older lenses. doesn't happen so much in the newer lenses. So that's just, that's just something to look out for as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So the third thing that's really important to create great bokeh is how close – you can focus to your subject. So you want a lens that you, you the, the closer you are to the subject, the more you're going to throw your background out yep. of focus. All right. So you be able, you need to be able to get right in close. So again, you're going to see if you have a look in the show notes, um, that the the the, the, um, the examples I've given, they're really tightly sort of uh, cropped portraits. Yep. And they're also like tight, tight, I've got a tight shot of food in there as well. So uh, it's hard to get good bokeh when you've got a full length shot of someone, okay, because you're going to be back a bit. So ideally you want to be doing like head and shoulders or cropping in as tight as possible is going to give you a better looking bokeh than if you're sort of way back and trying to get everything in in the frame. Now remember everyone, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to be up close to the subject it means your it means what you see in your camera needs to be up close to the subject yeah so if you're shooting on say uh, a, a 70 to 200 lens you're not going to be like right in close to the frame you can be back a bit and still fill the frame with say head and shoulders mm. all right so yeah good good point Val um, all right so that's that's how close you are so that's the third thing the fourth thing 
that's really important for great bokeh is how far the background is behind the person. Mm. So, so earlier when um, I was having a look at uh, Rani's work, we were talking about how um, he had he was working in a small room. Mm. Okay, so it wasn't very deep, and it was—it's almost impossible to throw the background out of focus in those situations. You, so, and and I was saying how I really always in my portraits look for really deep backgrounds. I love shooting in long corridors, or um, mm. like I, I like to find uh, streets that are really long and deep, so that I've got like a background that goes on forever and ever. Mm. And then you're going to be able to throw your background out of focus really easily. So you be you need to be mindful of how far the background is behind the person yep. or whatever it is that you're shooting. Yep. Okay. Uh, and finally, the quality of light. So if you want to get uh, sort of really uh, attractive looking bokeh or interesting looking bokeh, I, like little, little specks of light. Mm-hmm. actually render really beautifully as bokeh. So, you mean in the uh, background? In the background. Right. So I often when I'm doing portraits of people outside, if you're in like a, like a, a strip shopping centre where mm-hmm. you, you've got all those neon lights and they're usually quite ugly. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've photographed people in front of like a 7-Eleven where they've got the ne- <laughs> all, lots of neon lights. But if you completely throw the background out of focus, mm-hmm. actually looks amazing. You can't tell what anything is if mm-hmm. you do it really well. And you just get these beautiful discs of light. I did a portrait of someone um, in an underground car park mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago and it's lit with fluoro light bell like mm. from the searing ugly ugliest ugliest light i was using daylight to light them because we were just in the uh, entrance of the car park mm. and then i used uh, the lights in the background threw them out of focus and you get this beautiful bokeh you get these i've got these beautiful beautiful discs of light in the background wow. using ugly fluoro so you can actually work creatively so Always when I'm doing my portraits, I'm always looking for where are some nice little specks of light that I can uh, throw out of focus. I've never thought of that. I have never thought of shooting anyone outside a 7-Eleven or in a car park. So um, that's that's a really good point. So so always look for when you're looking for for your location, if if you kind of get an understanding of how your lens works and how it's going to throw the background out of focus, then, you know, being in like some – uh, restaurants or interiors sometimes where they've got like lots of little fairy light. Fairy lights are mm. perfect for bokeh because they're just like tiny little points of light. Mm. So if you ever see that, so if you go to Vegas, that's like bokeh city. That's like <laughs> that's like uh, bokeh on steroids because everywhere you turn, because it's like basically a bazillion fairy lights, isn't it? That yes. lights up that city. And then in the daytime, not so much. It's it's like. Have you, have you been to Vegas? Yeah, I love Vegas. Yeah, I know. I love Vegas. It's like Vegas at night. Awesome. Mm. But like there's something really it, dodge when they – it's like, it's like you know when you're in a nightclub mm. and if you're ever there and it's like time for everyone to leave and they just turn the lights oh, on? Oh, yeah, bad. And then you see – you sort of look around and you go, ew. <laughs> That's – that's what Vegas reminds me of in the daytime. It's like they turn the lights on and it's just like you can see the crack. It's not as pretty. Yeah, but, but, but you just stay inside. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of never leave. But but great. And, and you do, at the all-you-can-eat buffets, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, imagine if they had an all-you-can-eat Nutella buffet. There must be one. 
If if it's anywhere, it's in Vegas. It'd be in Vegas, wouldn't it? Um, it's probably a Nutella hotel. Mm. In the shape of a Nutella jar. We digress. Anyway, I'm hungry. Go There's on. a so so somewhere. Think think Vegas lights. Great mm. for both. So um, shooting at a kind of a twilight. Uh, where the, the the lights of the city are starting to come on. If you've got the, the the background further enough and you zoom right in, you're going to get all those beautiful discs of light in the background. And it doesn't necessarily matter what it is. I've used um, there's an example in the in the show notes as well with with, with my my friend Tommy Tommy Rockstar there, mm. and the and the discs of lights in the background are actually some traffic lights. Oh, and yeah. Like they're pretty ugly. I think I'll 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 put the um the before shot in there so you can actually see how how ugly the background was. It was nothing really. Mm. But when you throw that background out of focus, it's so pretty, isn't it? It's yeah, like yeah. Little it's, little it's an amazing light. shot. Yeah, that they, they, they look amazing. So so look for points of light and and have a play have a play around um and 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 see what you get. Although um we recently in Sydney had the Vivid Festival, which is all, yeah where, where you know Sydney is lit up uh, by all these incredible buildings that lit up, amazing. The Opera House is lit up, the Harbour Bridge is lit up. So I decided to take the cannon down there and take some shots and and get the Harbour bridge sharp but get the bokeh in attempt to get the bokeh uh of the rest of the city lights and the plan sort of went a little bit awry because we got there and um only half the harbour bridge was working it's like oh. it's like the lights fell off the other half <laughs> for that day and someone forgot to press the button so it was a bit of a bit of a work experience kid yeah, exactly <laughs> The intern was in on charge that, in charge that day, so uh, it was a bit of a waste. But anyway, um, what else do we need to think about when we're when we're trying to get good bokeh? All right. Well, well, maybe what lenses uh, create the best bokeh and why? Okay. So, yeah, right. um, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, but basically, you want something. If you if you try and use a lens that's under a focal length of fifty millimeters, you're really going to struggle. So, yeah. I think when you had your kit lens, Val, that was probably one of the reasons why you were struggling. So, yes. something like a a twenty eight mil lens is is not going to really throw the background out of focus yeah. very well. So it's not going to work. So so try and avoid uh, using the, 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 the wider lenses and stick to something around uh, 50. Now, obviously, a really, really fast lens like the 50, either the Nikon or the Canon 51.2 is just going to give you like amazing bokeh and fantastic. This lens, if you want to throw the background out of focus, is, is fantastic. It's going to give you a really nice-looking bokeh, but it's also going to really throw the background out of focus. So it comes in really handy. It's like a, wedding photographers love this lens because it's like, you know, when you do the before shots at the house of the mm. bride getting ready or, mm-hmm. or if you're doing any environmental portraits of people, I use the, I, like I'll use a similar lens for when I do editorial as well. Sometimes you walk into houses and there's just so much going on and you just mm. can't find a clean area to shoot portraits in and mm. it's just like too messy on the 1.2, the background just completely disappears and all that guff and annoying stuff in the background goes. So that, that, that's what it's great for. And if you what use are you referring the, to with the 1.2? What do you mean? You just said on the 1.2, what 
Oh, the aperture of 1.2. Yep. 50 right. millimeter, 1.2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. and yeah, you go on. Okay, so um, so great for doing that. It'll it'll clean up your background beautifully, and uh, but obviously that's a you know a couple of thousand dollar lens. The, the, uh, there's a a fifty mil one point eight and a one point the one point eight I think is is like definitely under two hundred dollars. Uh, will do just a, a, a still a really okay job. So so worth having in the and I, I I've recommended this as the first lens to buy after the kit lens mm. for everyone. I think it's a great lens. And if anyone is wondering, you know, if anyone is listening and you're a bit of a newbie to lenses, just it's important to realize that you can have a, you know, 70 to 200 lens that's um, an aperture of 2.8, but you can also buy one that's four or you can buy one that's 5.6. So the the lower the aperture, as in when it's 2.8 or 4, it's going to cost you more yep. than if you're, than if you, it's the regular one that comes with your camera. And sometimes this is where newbie photographers become unstuck because you try every, you follow every single instruction Gina has said, and you still get average bokeh. You still get, you don't get the blurry, blurry backgrounds that you want. And it could be because you actually need to make sure you get that that lens that can give you that aperture of 2.8 or 4. Or you listen to later in the podcast where I show you how to do it with just the kit lens as well. Okay, or you do that, (laughs) or you do that. But just in case there are some listeners who don't know that you you can have, uh, you know, three – Three lenses that are the same, well, you know, 70 to 200 mm. or 85, whatever, but they all have different apertures. Yeah. Um, and that's important to know because some, you know, newbie photographers haven't figured that out. Yeah. Yep, okay. yep, yep. Yeah. Well said, Val. So, so there's other things that you can look at, and this is kind of getting a, a bit techy, and and I kind of don't really understand it either. But there's like <laughs> there's there's blades in the in the in the aperture. So, if you if you look into your lens. And you you open the aperture up, so you go from twenty two to five point six. You see that it, it's 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 like a octagonal, hexagonal, or something shape or yeah. a circle as the blades open. Yeah. So the way the lens is constructed, it'll either have seven or nine um, blades. Okay, so that the 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 number of blades is going to affect the shape. So people get really hung up on this, Val, right. on bokeh quality and the shape. There's like there's forums, there's clubs. Bokeh there's clubs? Cu- there's cults Like a subculture. Well. It, it is. And, and people get really and, – and I think the point is to not be – obsess about it too much it, it, because it can be like well really a fetish it's, it's, it, like, well yeah mm. bokeh fetish. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> go on so so that's that's another thing uh, um if you're a, like a Nikon lover, the, 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 the Nikon 50 1.8 does a great job. So does the 1.4. Obviously, they're, they're going to be really expensive. Um, I think the 1.4 has seven uh, blades and uh, the, the 1.8 has seven and the 1.4 has nine. So just like, you know, if, if you're that into it, mm. someone will probably correct me and they'll go, no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so if you really not... want to get hardcore and give good bokeh, you can you can get into those clubs, but we're going to just be generalists today and move on to the next bit. 
So, so if you want to know what I think the king of uh, Boca is, I would say it's the 85 1.2. It mm. which gives the, the most beautiful, like, you know, loveliest looking Boca. Um, and then so runners up, uh, the, like the 105 F 2.8, uh, the Nikon or Canon 70 to 200 2.8 give a great, incredible looking, give great bokeh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that's my yeah. one. I must give good bokeh then. You do, you do give good bokeh, but you just haven't learned to do it yet. But you will, Belle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, go on. And and I actually uh, think my 24 to 105 uh, gives good bokeh too because you can focus fairly, it's almost a macro lens mm. with a zoom as well. So you can get fairly close to the subject and uh, and that works well. And then, then there's lots of others, um, that, that you, there's plenty around, but, but, but that's just sort of a, a general idea, all right? So mm. when we say, you know, what what is good bokeh? What is it? What what is it that you're looking for? Mm. Um, I have to use food as an example. I'm, I, I, need, I haven't had lunch or dinner, Val, okay. so I'm actually quite hungry. So okay. I'm sorry for all the food references, but like good bokeh is smooth and creamy, just like Nutella. Uh, do you want to translate that? So no distractions, no hard edges. So when you look at the background, you'll see, so if the background is thrown out of focus, you're not going to, so say uh, you were photographing, say I was photographing you, Val, and the mm-hmm. background was trees. Yes. Okay, leaves and trees. So if that was going to be really nice, Boker, I'm not going to be able to see jagged edges of branches. I'm not going to, and 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 uh, it's not going to look rough. Yes. The transition from sharp to out of focus is quite smooth and creamy. Right. So it's it's what you see when you have your glasses off. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Because the world looks so much better, and <laughs> or when you've rubbed your eyes really, really hard, and yes. then you look in the mirror, mm-hmm. it's that, okay. and it's smooth. It's a smooth transition. So, yes. Yeah, but I guess yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> right. So that's good, Boca. Yeah. You you want it to be adequately blurry. Um, yeah. yeah. So that you you don't you can't see the. the you make the distinction of what's out there. Yeah, but 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 it's just a, like a smooth transition. Okay? Yeah, right. And so so. What so do you mean? Create... No, you don't mean a smooth transition from the foreground to the background. You must. You you what a smooth it's, transition it's, between it's, what? It's blurry, but it's like there's no like hard jagged edges in there that you okay. can see. So everything's nicely blurry, yep. smooth, creamy, yep. like Nutella. Is there anything is too too blurry? No, you can never get too blurry. Okay, Got I don't it. think so. Okay. Um, but, but if you if you're looking for great backgrounds that are going to create good good bokeh, so you, you want to be avoiding really dark, heavy, busy backgrounds mm. that are just like, even though the background's out of focus, you can still sort of register this. There's so much going on, and you you know if there's a pole out of focus behind someone's head and it's dark, even though it's out of focus, your eye is still going to go there. So you mm. want to try and avoid really heavy, busy, you know, noisy backgrounds that are going to um, just detract from the actual shot. Yeah, you know what I mean. And the the thing that looks really awesome, and I explain, I did touch on this bright lights. So mm. Vegas. 
or Vegas-esque. The city, city skylines look amazing. Mm. Fairy lights look good. Shopping malls, anywhere where there's like little points of light can look spectacular. And that's what gives you that nice little, those little beautiful little circles of light. Right. Great. All right. Okay. Yep. So we had it like I, I, I've, people really struggle when they're using uh, a kit lens. So the kit yes. lens is the lens that comes with uh, an entry-level camera, okay? Yes. And they're generally um, – the focal length will be about 18 to 55 or 18 to 105. Yes. All right, in those. And so that's the, the, the main struggle because – because people are often shooting too wide in them or, or they're not they're just like just for a standard shot. What happens with the kit lenses is uh, the, the biggest problem is the aperture is variable, Val. Yeah. So have you noticed that when you're using your kit lens and if you've got it at uh, 18 millimetres, so you've zoomed right out as far as you can, mm-hmm. you'll notice that the, the, the largest aperture you can shoot at, the widest aperture you can shoot at mm. is like 3.5. Yep. Okay, yep. so you go, well, I've got a fairly decent lens, it's fairly fast. Yep. But the minute you zoom out to 105 yep. or 55, it's going to change and the aperture becomes 5.6. Yep, absolutely. So it varies. And so that's really frustrating because at first you think you've got this fast lens mm. and then the minute you go to zoom in, it suddenly becomes like not so fast. 5.6 yep. is, is not that fast lens. So that's one of the, the main reasons why people struggle to get good, good bokeh in their shots. But it can be done. Now, I don't know why anyone has ever ha, has, hasn't noticed this before about that word bokeh, but whenever I see it, I think of chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Because it's like bok bok bokeh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I photographed chickens. My little chicken. Um, my little chicken egg holder. And what I've done to, to, to in the show notes, it's worth it's worth going to the show notes now for that, for the chicken. And that's what I wanted to call this uh, podcast. <laughs> Do you really have an ch- egg holder? Is this really yeah. your egg holder? Yeah, I bought that in Bali. So I, I was thinking of this last week, this, this whole show while I was in Bali and I'm riding, we're out on the Vespers with my friend Fo, the makeup artist, and um, we're, we're in the middle of nowhere and I just said to her, hey, Fo, I've got to stop and get a photo of a chicken. Now, she's known me for long enough. She doesn't even bat an eye. She's like, okay. <laughs> so, so we pull over in the middle of nowhere. I've still got my helmet on and I've got my camera out and I'm in this rice paddy field like we're in the middle of nowhere Val, and I'm crouching because I found all these chickens they're wild chickens oh my god but they wouldn't cooperate because the minute I got because I wanted because I wanted to shoot the chicken and get bokeh in the background Val because oh. then I was going to use it as the cover for this this the artwork oh for this podcast god. But every time I got close to the chicken, the chicken ran away and okay. ran across the road. And why did the chicken cross the road? Val? <laughs> oh, don't know, Gina, tell me. Oh. I know. To get to the other side. Oh, dear God. This is degenerating. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, so you didn't get the shot of the 
chicken because it's so, being unhelpful. No, I couldn't get I couldn't get so I bought this uh, chicken egg holder. So you've got to go that. to the show from, notes, everyone. There's that's a... from Bali. It's a chicken egg holder. Oh my god. Okay, go on. So so what I've done is the first shot I've I've used uh, my big boy lens on my big boy camera. So I've used the five D Mark three with my 24 to 105 yep. okay and I've got the I've got it at fully extended at 105 I'm about five ten centimeters away from the chicken and I filled the frame yep. and in the background Val they're fairy lights that are mm-hmm. about four feet behind the chicken so okay. it's all relative so if that was a person mm-hmm. okay that the head of the person you could be a little bit further back and then you know sort of you've got an idea of how far the background has to be sure. just something that you can play with so i got that on the on the big boy lens and the big boy mm-hmm. camera okay well and good it's a like you know it's a five thousand dollar kit of course you would get that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then have a look under there, Val. Yes, you've got your... You... The next shot mm-hmm. is a tight shot yes. just of the chicken's head, yep. right? Mm-hmm. That's on the 55 mil, the 18 to 55 mil lens on the 1000D camera, mm. okay? Which is an entry-level so, camera. Entry-level camera, kit lens, check out that bokeh. Yeah, pretty good bokeh. It's pretty good, huh? So got yeah. all this, and so they're just little fairy lights in the background. So the way that I've achieved this mm-hmm. is basically get as close. So you've got to go, you shoot manual or aperture priority, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you're confused select- about any of that, go to episode 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. You you So that's step one. Select the widest aperture. Yes. Smallest number, least points of uh, items of focus in the frame, right? Yep. So in this case, I've chosen uh, an aperture of three. Uh, sorry, it's at one hundred five, five point six. That's as wide. That's as open as I can get on that. Wow. Okay. So five point six, and then I make sure that I'm I, I sort of uh, tweak zo- zooming in and out because you want to try and get as close a focus as you can. Mm. All right. So so I had to play with this a bit, and I just so I, so I get it in focus, and then I try and move my camera a little bit closer and see if I can still get it in focus, and keep inching closer until the camera won't let you focus anymore. Right. Mm, yeah. And then. Uh, Make sure that your background's further away and take the shot and that's what you get and that's how you do it. So you want your background further away, as far away as possible from your subject, focus in as close as you can and you get great bokeh. Great. Okay. All right. Using a kit lens. Yeah. Uh, same, same, same theory applies with using a um, – an iPhone as well. Get the background so, as far away as you can. Get the focus. background as far away. So it's not as good, Val, obviously, because mm-hmm. the lens is very wide on an yes. iPhone. But I've this is my little Fiat 500 toy car. Right. Uh, a little bit of bokeh in the background. Very good. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So 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 they're the steps to get to get uh, bokeh on a kit lens. Wow. All right. right. That's great. So so, so next up. Um, you can MacGyver your own little bokeh kit and you can actually change <laughs> the shape of possible? bokeh. It's so possible. Go on. So 
I put that little doggy photo in the show notes for you. So yeah. there's a there's a tight shot of a doggy, beautiful yeah. portrait, a, yes. a setter, or it's some kind of um, hound. I'm not sure what it is. Okay. Someone will know. And the bokeh, it's it's sitting in front of a Christmas tree with the fairy lights. Mm-hmm. And instead of the bokeh being discs, what are they, Val? They're doggy paws. How cute is that? That's cute. So the How way you do that, the way you achieve that is you get your lens that you're using and uh, you trace around it. Okay, so you create a disc with uh, maybe some black card. Mm-hmm. All right, and then in the centre of that disc, you draw a 1.5 centimetre wide. Uh, drawing of whatever it is that you want to create bokeh of. So the, the ones that I've seen before for Valentine's Day, you might do a shape of a love heart. Right. And then you have your couple kissing in the middle and then you that'll make all your bokeh into love heart shapes. I've seen crosses. You can maybe make a word with uh, three letters that will work as well. Any shape you – cat. Hang on, cat. I don't understand what you do with so, the So thing. basically what you do is you get, get a disc, okay? You yes. cut your shape out. You make it about 1.5 centimetres yes. uh, wide in the centre. So you've got to use a very sharp knife and cut it out. You want a clean cutout of the shape. If yes. you've got fuzzy edges, they're going to, they're going to appear, okay? So yes. what you've got is a disc yes. and in the middle there's that, that shape. So really a disc, just black, black, disc. black card. Black card, yeah. Okay, and in the middle, you've cut out the shape that you yeah, want like to create paws. your bokeh. Yeah, like doggy paws, a heart, uh, your initials, yeah. uh, whatever you want, and then coffee. put coffee. Oh, how would you do a coffee cup? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pop a couple of bits of blue tack onto the to to the end of your lens. Stick the disc on. Seriously? Oh, yes. <laughs> you could do doggy bones, Valerie. Yeah, that as well. Like this whole website's dedicated to it as well. Okay. Okay. So if you want to get a bit fancy and you want your like your little bokeh shapes to be a bit better than cutouts, or you're not sure of your skills, mm-hmm. you can um, get a custom printer to to maybe uh, print them onto like a black black card or something, and actually even uh, cut the templates out for you. Gosh. There's kits you can buy that That's have all of these. Bizarre. So there's flowers, love hearts, uh, crosses, whatever. So you stick it onto the end of the, yeah, the camera end of you, um, and just shoot that way. T- yes. So you need – so basically you need to have something that's going to create bokeh in the background. So like fairy lights or Christmas lights so, or – So all you need to do is uh, – so if you want to do – I can – oh, God, I can just see you're going to be doing uh, Rexy, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Aren't you? My cat. I can just, like, just like you can't wait to get off so that you go <laughs> quickly. Do. So basically get yourself some fairy Fairy lights, yeah, yeah, and and uh, hang them sort of in the background, like in a doorway. You know, you can get strands. Yeah, of fairy I know. Lights. Yeah, hang uh, those in the doorway. Do this at night, Val, so you've got black yeah. behind. It's easiest, okay. And then you put Rexy on the tail. I know exactly where you do it. You've got the fairy lights in the background, quite a way away. Yes, and then uh, you're zooming in, just filling Rexy's head there. Yeah, okay. Right. And then you've got your cutout. It'll be a paw print or a cat, a cat head or a bone <laughs> or a diamond, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And then the whole background will become like little whatever the shape is that you've chosen. <laughs> I'm going to do this. This is hilarious. I know you totally are going to do it. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. And if anyone else 
um, wants to tackle this, and we'll put all the instructions in the show notes, please do upload, you know, send us your final shot. We would love to see it. Yeah, 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 um, definitely. And so, and also uh, for all the geeks, I've put, uh, if you like really sort of really into your bokeh and want a calculator to work out how good the bokeh is going to be on the <laughs> lens that you've had, I've got, I've put a link to one in the show notes where you actually enter the camera, the lens, the focal length, and it'll calculate, like it'll give you a number of like how good the bokeh is on that lens. So that's so, a bokeh but, calculator. And if you're yes. too lazy to go to the show notes, it's billion bokehs. So that's billion and then bokeh is B-O-K-E-H-S dot com. Yep. So check yep. it out. Yep. Yep. Wow. Well, uh, that brings us to what should hashtag Gina challenge be this week? Easy, Valerie. (laughs) I wonder. Of course. I can't wait to see what everyone, and I would love it if anyone gets creative and has some shapes. That would be yes. Bonus points for that. So, bokeh or blurry backgrounds is this yep. week's theme. If you're yep. new to the podcast, we each week we have a theme called hashtag Gina Challenge, and we all do a shot around that theme, which you can interpret any way you like. And uh, we share that shot. So, you can either just put it on your Instagram and use hashtag Gina Challenge, or you can uh, go to our Google Plus group, uh, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer. But um, in the meantime, that brings us to the end of uh, uh, our podcast, or of our episode this week. Uh, what are you going to be up to until we speak again? Well, I think I'll go and do some more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you crack yourself up. I do. What are you doing, Val? <laughs> are you going to be doing a shoot with Rexy with Paw Prince, are you? No, there is no doubt. There is no doubt. <laughs> no, well, even if I don't necessarily get around to next week to doing the cutout, I will definitely be putting uh, into practice a lot of these tips for my, you know, regular shot, bokeh awesome. shots and um, blurry background shots. So thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd like us to, us to critique one of your photos, uh, please do send it in news at com. Don't forget that Gina has an awesome newsletter and blog that you can find, com. And, of course, chat to us on social media. You can find Gina on social media where... I'm at, at Gina Militia on uh, Instagram, at Gina Militia on Twitter, and and you can find me in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Google Plus page. Yes. And, you know, do check out Gina's Instagram. It's absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Mine is like lots of photos of my cat. So, you know, you've got to be into that. Um, so you'll find me at Valerie Koo on all forms of social media. But uh, we would love to hear from you. Please do leave us a rating or review on iTunes. We'd be really grateful because it helps us in our rankings. But until we chat to you next week, have a great week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.